I go now to Phyllis Klotz, the director of Chapter 2, Section 9. Before we get to the play you're directing, let's go back to a little bit about you. You started off in Cap in Woodstock. What a wonderful place. What happened to Cap? Uh, well, when the funding dried up, uh, Cap was just dissolved. And that, that must have been a, a cause of sadness for you. Well, I had long left because I was in, uh, living in Johannesburg then, but I think it was round about 2005, something like that. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Many yeah. organizations yeah. have just disappeared through lack of funding, mm-hmm. which um, is a great pity. You, you've also been awarded in the same year, 2005, the Naledi Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm-hmm. So you come with, with a very strong credentials. Tell us about what brought, us, you, what brought you to this work. Um, well, I've always used the theatre to raise gender issues, uh, especially about women and uh, their plight, and more so women in the lower socioeconomic group. Uh, many years ago, I think it's about, oh, in 1986, I did a play called You Strike the Woman, You Strike the Rock, yes. which was about the woman's march 30 years on. And then last year it was 60 years since Sorry. the march. So people yeah. said, oh, I suppose you're going to revive Strike the Woman. So I said, well, not really. I, I think it's time for younger women to mm-hmm. revive it if they want to do it. You know? mm-hmm. So I, I just happened to be reading the paper and saw, oh, yet another murder of a young lesbian girl. And I work in Benoni, which unfortunately the whole of the East Rand is the capital of um, hate crime against women. And I thought, you know, one keeps on reading about this in the newspaper and we all say sorry and then it feels sorry Mm. and then we forget and move on. But, you know, the power of the theatre, that immediacy, that experience will bring it once again to the forefront. And Mm. so I began to think about doing a play and then I thought I have no right to speak for these women because uh, they must speak for themselves. Mm. And so mm. we did a lot of research. We interviewed over 40 women. We also mm. interviewed prosecutors and the police. And the families, uh, which I loved. Yes. You know, you yes, were, you were just reminding yes. us that, that it's not mm. just people. We, we, we part of a, a fabric of society. Um, and and that that I thought was so important. But carry on about the people you were you were interviewing. So we interviewed in three provinces: Gauteng, KZN, and Eastern Cape. And um, we collected all these interviews. Most of them, a lot of them, were in the vernacular. Mm. So some in Kosa, some a lot in Zulu. Yes. And a lot in kind of what I call Gautengese. You know that mixture, Ikazi, that mixture of English and vernacular and so I spent all days listening to the recordings some of them I I can understand a little bit of Zulu and Kosa so some of them I could get by with but others had to be translated and Small and Dava my co-director of Sabiqua translated them for me and I poured over these texts 
books and interviews and listened to them again and again. And I started to realize, oh, look, certain issues came up again and again and again. Mm. And uh, lesbian women and their children and how does society react to them? And even how do other lesbians react to them and having children? And lesbian women having been raped and the police and how, what is res- response when they go to the police? And then what is it to come out? And once you're out, how does society react towards you? And the church, which is now very topical, of course. And are they, uh, and being un-African. Are you un-African as a lesbian? So these are issues which kept on coming up. And so I grouped them, the stories, the testimonies, into themes. And this is how the, the play works around these themes. And it's not only about black women. It's the Afrikaans women, the English women, the Muslim women. I, I try to get a whole kaleidoscope mm-hmm. of, of society. Mm-hmm. But it's, 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 it feels like it's, it's a sort of mesh of stories and music. Yes. Um, the music is beautiful. We have a, a lovely young composer and uh, he really composed beautiful music for the for the play. He plays the violin and the piano. And uh, at first he was a bit at sea because he kept on saying, what do you want? You know, what do you want? So I said, well, the play will tell you what needs to be. So he was a bit dumbfounded because he's more of a, he's a classical musician, uh, uh. really. And uh, he, he was a bit at sea at first and used to look at me and think, this woman is crazy, you know. But gradually, as he began to understand the play and read the interviews and do his own thinking, uh, he developed this beautiful music. And, of course, I we use as our starting point those beautiful women's choirs, the East European choirs especially the Bulgarian women's choirs. And for me, they always sound like the wind. Wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the sound is evocative? Very, okay. yes, yes. Now, this, this premiered at the um, Arts Festival, the National Arts Festival in Grahamstown yes. last year. Yes. And yes. it got an Ovation Award, and you've, you know, obviously, have you changed it since then? Have you groomed no. it? No. No. I think, the, you know, we have a young female cast of four women, mm. and I think they have developed. Okay. And they have grown in their performances. Mm. And they, um, that's how the, the show has grown. Mm. Um, but not in terms of the text. The text has stayed, remained the same. We might have tweaked a few things here and there. Mm. But uh, they have grown enormously, and that's have, I've derived to tremendous pleasure from that. Mm. I was chatting mm. just this week with uh, Feneca Soldat, who's with the oh, yes. Free Gender yes. in Kyle Litcher. And yes. um, on um, Valentine's Day, she mm-hmm. was having a march in yes. Kyle Litcher. And, the, and, and what they were doing is they were going to the streets and they were trying to reclaim the streets where a young lesbian woman had been raped. 
yes. um, which is quite a powerful move. She said normally they they do it uh, in a in the safety of a police station or something. But she'd got community mm. workers and she'd got um, uh, the councillors, she'd got police representatives, and they took to the streets, which was very interesting. That uh, uh, you know that. They felt that this was an important day to make a stand and talk about mm. the issue of uh, the possibility of free love, which, of course, is enshrined in this Chapter 2, Section 9, theoretically. And she and I were chatting about the issue of, of corrective rape and how problematic that term is. Yes, I have a problem with that as well. It, for me, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's a hate crime, but... Uh, I don't know. We haven't really found a term for it. It's so beyond comprehension, in my view, mm, mm. that people would gang rape a woman to, to correct her. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just beyond. Is that um, the, the, the the the? It sounds like what you what you've done what when you've gathered all these stories. Um, you know, looking not only at the women, uh, but you know the police. You kind of got the journey that they have to go through just in order to live an everyday life. Yes, yes. And from various perspectives as well. Mm. Not only from a township perspective, although one person who did see the play in um, Grahamstown came to me after the show quite indignant because she said, you know, because we have pictures of the girls who were murdered around the stage. Mm. And the audience is asked to come on stage after the performance and pay tribute to these women so that they are not forgotten. Their photographs are there. Mm. Read about, not read about them, but just look at them and know that they did exist. Mm. And she said to me, you don't have one picture of a white girl here. Why? And I said, it's very simple. Not one white girl has ever been murdered for being a lesbian in South Africa. And that's quite a thought. What's also quite interesting was the the the, the way that that question was charged for her. She, she felt she wanted to be represented, it sounds, sadly. <laughs> yes. It's a rather auspicious group to, to be concerned that you're left out of. Yes, but, you know, it... One of the things that I discovered is that there is a great divide in this country between uh, white women and black women. And more than the racial issue, it's a socioeconomic issue. Yes. So um, there is a great divide in that. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about the play. When does it start? How long is the run? Uh, it starts on the 28th of... February, and there are two preview nights on the 28th and the 1st. So that's next week. Yes, and then the show runs from the first, uh, sorry, the 2nd of March until the 11th of March mm. at 7.30. And there are some matinee performances and also some special performances for schools. And in fact, today in Johannesburg, we play to a school, and it's really the first schools, entirely school audience that we play to in a in a vast school hall in a township in Daverton in uh, Johannesburg. And um, I was just amazed at the intense focus and concentration of the young people. They really wanted to know. 
What was their response? Did they come and interact with the photographs? Yes, yes, they did. Mm-hmm. They really did. And, they, you know, young people can be very restless in a theatre. These were grade 11s and 12. Because mm-hmm. I don't think the play is really suitable for younger than grade 10. And uh, I was actually amazed by their concentration and, you know, their lack of fidgetiness. You know, once a young audience isn't interested, they mm. start fidgeting. Mm, mm, and mm. we had none of that. You know, when, mm. I, when I was um, introducing the, the Chapter 2, Section 9, you know, I'm amazed at the list of things that you need to safeguard against in terms of discrimination, you know, language, birth, pregnancy, mm. disability, religion, culture sexual orientation, a marital status. And, of course, the sadness is that this is, this is a thorn very much in our flesh. When you, when you look at this kind of, of, of um, uh, what is a very progressive constitution, and yet it seems like we've got so far to go. I know. I also feel that. I just keep on thinking, well, and this is another reason why we did, why I was interested to do this play is, uh, we have this wonderful constitution, and we should be aspiring to live to it. Mm. Instead, we are not. We just disregard it. Mm. And um, it's a great tragedy, actually, mm. I, was, I think. I was reminded when I was, when I was looking at the Chapter 2, Section 9, when Viola Davids uh, won her award at the BAFTAs, she reminded mm. people about the, the Jim Crow laws of the 1930s. And in that, white and black people could not associate it even to play cards, dice, dominoes, or checkers. That was what was written in that legislation. And I thought... Wow, there's something really interesting about the way people word these these you know mm-hmm. constitutional uh, laws. Um, and so, once again, I read that list, and, and and part of me feels proud that someone's thought it all through. And then, of course, you have to unpack why you need to do a play like this. Well, I suppose we're all on the journey. Hmm? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> good luck with your run. And, thank you um, very much, I, and thanks for inviting me to on the radio. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's a pleasure. You take care. Thank you.